Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Gentlemen, how are you today? Wonderful. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I know that this is this is part two. So those that are just joining us, this is part two of a two-part podcast. And it's all about conversations and communication. And that is obviously these are very, very important subjects. The first podcast was about communication and conversations to have with family, especially around finances. And and we talked about spouses, conversation with kids, conversation with your parents. For those that are in the sandwich generation, really, really good stuff, guys. It was a fantastic podcast. I know today you're focusing on conversations around business. So conversations with family about business and also with people that are within the business, conversations that you need to have. So where are we starting today with this subject? Love the topic. There's there's so many conversations that we need to have within our own families, but there's also very important conversations that we need to have that surround our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, more often than not, most successful pe- people, it's not uncommon that the biggest asset that they have is the business itself. Yeah. You know, so having those conversations about the family and and what we want to have happen to the business, conversations that we need to have with our key key employees and their contributions and how they can achieve their goals through the business, as well as, you know, focusing on the business and what that path is for growth. There's just so many things that that we need to address within a business that it makes it a very exciting topic and very, very important. And always the real question is, will your wealth transfer, unify, or divide your family? And we've seen it go both ways. Mm. And, and, you know, not having those crucial discussions with your family, just knowing the fact that first generations of wealth is two-thirds of the world's wealthiest fall into this category. So let's just go back and say that again. The first generation wealth, two-thirds of the world's wealthiest fall into this category. Mm. And 70% of the failure rate is in estate transitions. And the three reasons why is because of trust and communication breakdowns, you got failure to prepare errors, and no family mission statement. Hmm. And I just bring that up because I believe that communication is the key. And I think the first step is having that discussion with your family. And I've had situations where if you ask the wife, hey, if something happens to your husband, do you want to run this company? And they'll tell you, you know, they do. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And that's important to know to help on the planning process. And your kids, there's there's situations where you may have three uh, children and one of them is working in the business and the other two are not and have no intention of ever getting into the business. So planning in those areas and not breaking up that family is so important. And I think having those crucial conversations and find out where everybody, how they feel about everything and, and will really give confidence to the family for sure. Yeah, that last point you made, Jose, is so important because I think that families really need to understand, both parents and kids, there's a big difference between fair and equal, right? Because if you have one child working in the business and they've done a ton of work to it to, to grow the business, there there's a fairness thing when you talk about estate planning and, and leaving things to all three kids. What should that child who has you know, been working in the business and helping it to grow, 
they may get more because of the fact that they've actually put equity into the business than the other two. And that's, that's a fair thing. It may not look equal on paper, but that's fair because of the work they put in and just having everybody on the same page. So there's no hurt feelings, I think is so vitally important. Like you're saying. Boy, that's a great, that's a great comment. I see that all the time. You know, Jose and I had to go through it here in the last few weeks or last couple of months of just thinking through, Hey, what is the plan? Mm -hmm. You know, if something were to happen to you, what happens to the business? Something happens yeah. to me, what happens to the business? How do we make sure that, you know, wives and family members and everyone's taken care of as well as how do we make sure that the employees and the key people that rely on us, yeah. that they know that if something were to happen to one of us, that there's not too big of a disruption, that the business has plans, there is a plan in place, people are going to be taken care of, and all of our ducks are in a row to make sure that there is smooth transition so that we don't get killed with taxes or, mm -hmm. you know, anything else that, that may happen. So making sure we're on the same page just becomes critically, critically important, especially when you have a really good business. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, you know, we have 40 employees and we're affecting almost 100 lives with kids and grandkids and so forth. And so we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with, I had both my brothers, my sister, my daughter, wife, and of course my parents are deaf mutes. And, and, but I like to get everybody informed, you know, how we're doing, where we're at, just lay it all on the table and think through these things. And mm -hmm. I think it, you know, you know, my goal is to unite the family and just have everybody involved and everybody takes ownership and, and why people should care about, you know, what we've done over these years. And, and we want to keep a legacy going. So, you know, that was important to us. And I think having that discussion with family members where they can open up and, and really be involved, you'd be surprised. People will step up to the table for sure. Yeah. And that, that last podcast was fantastic. Speaking about how to have conversations with your family, but I'd, I'd like to pick your brain on how you have conversations with employees and which employees you have conversations with, because now you guys are an anomaly. I'm just going to say that out loud. You guys, you guys do a great job of this, having conversations, being very open, investing in your employees, you know, with their future and really caring about them. Not that other business owners don't care, but it, it is difficult. You have to draw lines on who you have discussions with and, and so on and so forth. How does a business owner approach this and what employees should they be talking to about the future of the business? You know, so that, that kind of comes in two parts. I think any good organization has to try and be as consistent as they can in communicating, hey, here's what was built. Here's why it was built. Here's our mission statement or the things that, you know, why we believe what we believe. And we have to communicate that as a mission with key, key contributors, key employees, as well as employees at large. But I think the the flip side of that is you find that I don't care if your company has 10 employees or there's 400 employees. The reality is there's there's a handful. There's three, four, five, the employees that really make the the difference. I mean, they're really the, they make the business what it is, whether it's salespeople, whether it's an operations person, whether it's a compliance or a financial officer. But you kind of, if you could separate the two, what we do for employees and, and everyone at large, and then what do we do for that leadership team, that three or four people that really have the influence, really are the contributors, really make the business what it is, and make sure that we share those things that are important to us, what we're trying mm -hmm. to accomplish, and just have that dialogue with them. And when you have that dialogue, my favorite question is the Sullivan question. You know, it's, you know, if we're sitting here three years from today and we're looking back over those three years, what has to happen in your personal life or professional life 
for you to feel happy about your progress. And as you find out what's important, you know, what dangers, concerns, or fears do you want to eliminate? You know, what opportunities do we want to capture? What strengths do we want to maximize? And it's amazing that exercise, actually, if you do it every three months, you're going to list your top three dangers or fears. I call them squids on your face. You know, it's, it's, you're so into the dangers and fears that, that we're not seeing the opportunities. But if we can work on eliminating those dangers and concerns mm-hmm. and fears, then we're focused on the opportunities that we want to capture. And that's where the growth really. And then, of course, strengths you want to maximize because everybody's got their strengths that they add value. And sometimes we have a tendency to try to improve on people's weaknesses instead of just running with those strengths. Mm-hmm. And if if you go through that exercise and we try, it's hard to do. I mean, we, 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 you, 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 you're in the weeds every day and, but you got to take call time out and really work on your business, find mm-hmm. out what's important to your people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that, that speaks volumes to uh, employee retention too. It, it, I don't think any employee feels good about not knowing that the future is secure or that there's a plan. If I, if I was concerned about you know, that the the company would shut its doors if one of the owners, you know, passed away suddenly and I was left without a job, that would be stressful. And so I, I think that knowing that there's a plan in place, even if I don't know all the bits and pieces, I don't need to know all that. I just want to know that my job's secure, so my family's secure, so my living is secure, so I don't lose my house, don't lose my car, you know, all those things. I think every employee has to deal with that. Yeah, so let me, that's a great point. Let me add, let me add uh, on that. I think, the reality is, as business owners, you're only as good as the employees you have, and mm-hmm. they're an extension of you. So the more you can con- you can communicate the things that are important, what you do, why you do it, why you believe what you believe, the better organization, the healthier the organization that you have. The, the, the tough part is we get so busy just in the day-to-day operations of our business that we don't take a step back to look above the treetops and to work on our business or work on those key, key contributors or those key people. So I would say that, you know, a very important thing is to to pull Johnny aside, to pull Mary aside and, and have that conversation with her of, hey, that's, you know, I want to help you achieve the things that are important to you through this business. So if you were to take a look at your life and what's important to you, what does that look like? What are mm-hmm. your goals? What are your aspirations? What are you trying to accomplish? And then try to build a plan around not just a, you know, an investment in retirement and things like that, but, you know, how do you help your people achieve the things that are important to them? And the more you're able to do that, you know, the more the healthier your organization is, the more you're able to do that, the more aligned you are and unified with your key, key people. Yeah. And, you know, putting those plans in place is so important or having that discussion and, you know, we're on the topic of crucial conversations, but having that discussion, because what if you have an 18 year old son and something happens to you and the wife doesn't want to work in the business and, and then you've got your key people that's been with you for 30 years and, and they're under the direction of your 18-year-old that just has no experience. I mean, mm-hmm. it can wreck a company in, in a hurry. So tying people into your company and and, and having a good transition uh, and talking about having those discussions and involving everybody puts everybody on the same team. And, and I think, you know, going into the future, collaboration is the key to success. And I think that there's no way you can make, you know, do great things by yourself. So Involving everybody in the process uh, is so important. Just calling time out and just having those discussions, no doubt about it. And sometimes we have to have outside help. I mean, we get outside help, help sometimes to facilitate it because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we're in the weeds, but we need we need somebody to come in and get those answers for us so we can put a game plan together. 
sometimes you need someone else to pose the tough questions Yeah, for a variety of reasons, whether it's, you know, an emotional question, if it's a touchy subject, if it's a, a topic that, you know, is very sensitive. So I can't underestimate the, you know, sometimes having that third party or someone from an outside in posing those objective questions of, you know, hey, if something were to happen to you, what are the plans for the business? What would you want to have happen to the business? There's death. There's just disability. There's ownership issues. There's buy-sell agreements with spouses and each other. But those type of issues that, that it's very important you have those conversations, but don't be afraid to have a third party help facilitate the discussion because sometimes there's experience, there's insight that maybe an outside objective person would have and that we wouldn't within, you know, whoever we're talking to. Yeah. Jose, I remember in your book, one of the one of the portions of your book, you actually spoke about, if I remember right, you had to let a family member go, right? And and make them go outside the organization to get some more experience to kind of say, hey, look, this is how a business is run. I love you, but you got to go. <laughs> and then uh, maybe come back a little bit later, right? There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, sometimes especially a family business. And, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes is, you know, let's say a dad or brother, it doesn't matter, but you expect people to be like you and they're not. I mean, everybody's different and you just respect those roles. But yeah, there was a day I had to let my sister go and she came in late and she took her job for granted. And it was a tough love thing, but it was the best thing that ever happened. She ended up being employee of the month where she went. And two years later, she came back. She never was late. She took never took it for granted. And she really appreciates where she's at. But, but you can explain it a hundred times, but they have to experience it themselves. That's a great point. Absolutely. All right, guys. So we've talked about conversations with the family on, you know, the transition of a business, uh, especially when it comes to a sudden passing, right? Whether the kids are going to be in it, whether the spouse wants to be in it or not. So we've talked about that. We've talked about conversations with key employees as far as kind of the same thing, hit by the bus scenario. Uh, but what about business growth and business development? What about those kind of conversations? You know, it's so easy that we, we get the reality is, is we get so busy. I mean, Everything it takes to run a business, take care of clients, be engaged with employees, more often than not, we're so busy being in the weeds that it's hard to call time out, get above the treetop so we can just kind of focus on what's next. So it is important that, you know, whether it's once a quarter, once a month, a couple of times a year, just to take a step back and get the people that are very important within your team, within your business and start thinking about what's next. Hey, what's the plan? What's mm -hmm. the strategic plan? What's working in our business? What's not working? What are we great at? How do we expand on that and just make sure that we're thinking through what's next and how do we take this good business and this great team and, 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 and focus on where the growth is and where the opportunities are? If we knew then what we know now, what would we have done differently? Mm. And then just write out a process of the steps that you would take. And, you know, I mentioned Sullivan earlier, but there was a thing called the experience transformer. And I think every relationship you have is an experience. Uh, a customer has an experience. When you have events, that's an experience. And, mm -hmm. you know, like Jeff said, you know, what's working in, with that experience and what's not working? And if we know now what we knew then, you know, what would we do differently and then keep drawing up processes. But it's a, it's a continuous process and you just keep getting better. But you have to capture those experiences and really break it down 
uh, and just keep improving on it. And and I always like to tell all of, all of our customers, which I consider friends, that my expectation of them is that if they ever call this office or, or something just doesn't seem right, I expect them to tell me because, you know, if there's a breakdown somewhere, then I want to, I want to fix that experience. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a never ending process. And, you know, I know that most business owners become business owners because either A, they didn't respect the management that they worked with, or they really had a passion for what they did. But sometimes you get into something, you had such a big passion. Next thing you know, you're a business owner and you're having to do QuickBooks and payroll and taxes and things that just drain your energy. And I think staying with what you do best and and really uh, getting the outside experiences and outside world to come in and give you an extra hands to, to help you in different areas has really had a huge impact for me personally in our business. And I think that, you know, people should really consider that. And I, I want to say something real quick to the audience. You've got to understand what, what Jose just said. It couldn't be more true when he says, I, you know, I want to know if something's wrong. I want to know if something hasn't gone well. When, when Jose and Jeff and I first started working together, I had actually called in and there was a glitch in the voicemail system. It was completely out of their control. They didn't know it was happening, but there was a glitch in the voicemail system that basically led me to an empty box <laughs> that didn't say anything. And I, I let uh, Jose know that. And he was, first of all, he was incredibly grateful. I just, oh, thank you so much for, you know, pointing that out or letting me know. And then he was key in fixing it right away. So I thought, well, you know, he was very open to that. It wasn't like, hey, oh, shoot, you know, whatever. But I thought that was great. So I wanted to bring that up because that's one of my first memories of working with you guys was uh, you were very receptive to just just that little tiny bit of feedback and you were right on it. So now we've talked about all these different types of transitions, but let's talk about what about the sale of a business, right? When it, When it's time to, instead of just like a hit by the bus scenario, when you're thinking about what you can do for the sale of your business, let's say a family member doesn't want to take it, or maybe they do. Maybe we talk about that as well. But what are your thoughts? What are some business owner options? Well, let me tell you one of the biggest mistakes I think most people make is, you know, we get so busy running a business that that business relies so much on us. And if, you know, there's a huge difference between a business that relies on a an owner or just a, a one or two employees than there is a business that can self-sustain, run on its own without the business owner. So I think when you think that way and you think about long-term plans of retirement or a sale of a business, we almost have to take a step back and say, okay, where are we at and what are we great at and how do we build in a little more infrastructure, do things a little different to where it doesn't solely rely on me and my skills and mm-hmm. what I do in order to make the business work and 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 run everything smoothly and because the the multiples that you would get from a potential buyer, especially someone outside of the business, can go up two, three, four times the amount if it can be structured that way. Yeah. Well, good point. Every day it's a challenging experience that we have, but you have to address those challenges. And that's why we wanted to have this title as a crucial conversation. But, you know, really emphasizing, you know, take the time, put it on your calendar uh, that you're going to talk to your top key people and what if, what if, what if, but play it all out. And then you'll be surprised the answers that you get. Yeah. You know, and you also have situations to where, you know, maybe the plan is to sell the business at some point in the future. But it doesn't necessarily have to be someone from the outside. Sometimes the best place that or the best person to sell the business is to the manager. It is to the supervisors. It is to the two or three key, key employees. Mm -hmm. 
So if, if, if they can step in, they, they know the business, they, you're aligned value-wise and mission-wise and belief-wise, that if you can just think through the structure and say, okay, in the next five years, in the next three years, in the next 10 years, how do I get this business? What people do I need to put in place? What processes or systems do we need to create in order to work my way not only out of a job, but to build in a guaranteed buyer mm. to ensure my retirement? And I think more often than not, we look outside, but we've got the people inside that we just have to think a little differently and, and build what needs to be built to, to make plans for that. Yeah, and I, I think that would really instill a sense of pride for those employees, knowing that that that's a possibility they could own part of that company. I would I would believe that I know I for one would work a little harder, maybe you know, in making sure that business is more successful. Oh, absolutely. And 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 what happens? I mean, mo you want to get your employees to kind of think like an owner. You want them to take ownership. Mm -hmm. The reality is sometimes they just come in, it's a job to them. They don't think like we do laying in bed at night, thinking about what's next, what are we doing good, what can we do better. But when you change a little sense of ownership to and they see, wait a minute, I'm working for something greater than myself, something I can work towards in the next three to five to ten years, mm -hmm. you'll change that thinking in a heartbeat. Yeah. It's just a matter of having that conversation and building plans around, not just today, but what does it look like three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? And there's a lot of different ways to do it, whether we're stock ownership and and putting money aside in a kitty with a vesting schedule, or maybe we put money aside that, hey, I'm going to put this instead of paying you extra. If we hit these metrics, we're going to create a pool of money. But instead of me giving it to you, I'm going to put it in this kitty. And if we hit this for the next three years or five years or 10 years, maybe it builds up enough for to help help you take care of a down payment in, in order for to help you buy into mm. ownership. But there's a lot of very creative ways in order to keep that business within the family, within, you know, the group of employees you already have. That sounds like an entire podcast. Right there. Yeah, no, I, love I, it. I just want to. I just want to add real quick that I was on a on a board of a financial planning firm. I mean, not a financial planning firm, but as a financial services company. And uh, this person started off the meeting saying, "You know what? There's 1099 people in this room. There's 1040 people in this room, and the 1099 will never understand a 1040, and a 1040 will never understand a 1099. But if we all hear each other out, it's amazing what we can learn from each other and really grow. So that was a, a great statement. So I just uh, wanted to pass that along. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Uh, can we do a podcast on business transition? Sure. 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 Yeah, I, I, th I think that would be very helpful to every business owner. We could cover transitioning it to family and and or transitioning it to key employees. And of course, there's always a possibility of an outside buyer. But I think that any business owner, I think would have more of a sense of pride if they knew that their family was taking care of the business or the key employees that they've invested their time, resources, and they have strong relationships with are taking over that business. An outside buyer is kind of an unknown. So uh, personally, I would love for my business to go to, you know, my family and continue that legacy. Or if I had key employees, I would, you know, have my employees be able to take it over and be able to watch the continued growth. That would be, that'd give me a sense of pride. So guys, I think I would love to have that. I think that most business owners would. Any closing thoughts for today's podcast though? Well, to sum it up, I just hoping we inspired and motivated people to have discussions with their spouse and their families and and then have the discussion with key key employees that it's within your firm that Jeff was just describing. If we did that, then that's the purpose of the podcast because I you know, we want people to take action and and no action is action. So mm -hmm. so let's make it happen. 
All right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to speak directly to the listening audience. If you are a business owner or you are in a, in a situation where you have some wealth that you need to talk to your family about, these guys have done it. They've done it for their clients. They've done it for themselves within their own company. They've got the experience. Please, please, please reach out to them. And, and guys, I need some contact information from you. What's the best way to reach you if somebody wants to have this conversation and learn how to have these conversations with family and business? So you can do one of two things. Uh, you can call us at 903-533-8585, or you can visit the website www.felicianofinancial.com. Fantastic. All right. And before we close this, I know that the gentlemen have some resources on their website as well that, that you can take advantage of. There's specifically a checklist about conversations to have with family and, and business owners or key employees, things like that. So reach out. Get that resource from these guys. Uh, again, it's free to you and it can definitely help. You just kind of look over and say, what conversations have I had? What conversations do I need to have? And then continue the conversation with Jeff and Jose. Again, Jeff, Jose, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today and all the great information. And our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for joining us, tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And here's the thing. If you're a business owner, you should probably share this podcast with them, with your family members so that you guys can begin the conversation about, you know, how do we have this conversation amongst ourselves? How do we have this conversation with the people that work for us? Because again, it's just going to contribute to your growth. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.